When someone asks me what Share the Struggle podcast is all about, I am quick to tell them it is a raw, real-time response to life. A transparent and heartfelt truth. An opportunity to share your struggle and spread your strength. Today's episode is the epitome of a raw, real-time response to life. As I am joined by my beautiful wife on an extremely difficult day. Let me tell you something. Everybody struggles. The difference is some people choose to go through it and some choose to grow through it. The choice is completely yours. Which one you choose will have a very profound effect on the way you live your life. If you find strength in the struggle, then this podcast is for you. Have a relationship that is comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. Uncomfortable conversations challenge you, humble you, and they build you. When you sprinkle a little time and distance on it, it all makes sense. Most disagreements, they stem from our own insecurities. You are right where you need to be. What it do, what it do. I am so damn thankful to be back with you. Share the Truckle Podcast, episode 152. And this week, it's not just me and you. Because this week, I am welcoming a very, very, very lovely, beautiful, very beautiful young lady. Okay, that might have got a little weird. My wife, y'all. My wife is joining us today. Welcome to the show, babe. Hey, guys. Episode 152, and I'm so happy to be here with you. So, how do you do? How do you do over there? Episode 152, me and you. How do you do? I'm doing. You've been on the show several times now, and for the loyal listeners, the regular listeners of the show, they know that you don't sound like your normal, joyous, chipper self right now. It's an (laughs) extremely difficult day. It's been a difficult couple of weeks, and... I'm going to start the show by saying thank you for, number one, having the strength and the courage to come on here today and record this episode, because I know that today's show is going to be an extremely difficult show, and we're going to we're going to get into all that, but I think it just shows a great amount of courage and strength that you're willing to be here right now, to share your story, to bear your soul, and to open up this podcast therapy session that I think we're about to have happen here. So I just want to say, before we really get going, thank you for having the courage and the strength to come on here. And then I know what we're about to talk about today. I I feel in my heart, it's going to help some people and it's going to start by helping you by getting to share your story and the story of someone extremely close to you. So thank you for being on here today. I know how difficult this is. I've um, had to record episodes like this. But this one is extremely um, real-time. This is an extremely raw episode. And as we said to open the show, I've always described Share the Struggle podcast as a raw, real-time response to life. And we're about to have an unfiltered response to what's happening in your life. And the fact you're about to be so transparent about this, I think there's a lot of strength for people 
or a lot of strength can be gained for people from this episode. So I want to say thank you for that. And to everybody that's listening that can tell by Allie's voice, she's having a, a tough time today. If you're a loyal listener, a regular listener, or a close friend, you might know just how important Allie's meme is to her. And over the course of these 150 episodes, we've had multiple conversations about meme, multiple memories about her. And today we're going to make today's episode a tribute to your meme. We're going to honor the legacy of Doris today with this very special episode. And before we get into some of the emotional stuff of this, which is hard to hard to ignore. I didn't know if maybe we could start today off with a fun story, a light story. Is there anything that comes to mind out of the cuff that just you want to share about MMA, whether it's from childhood or the past couple of years and the great amount of time you were able to spend together? Is there a good positive story to get us started today? Yeah, um, as many of you know, we've talked about in the past, um, I didn't have uh, the best childhood. So um, Meme worked at the local uh, shop and save and um, she was customer service. So if you're from the local area and uh, you may have gone into the shop and save, you may have seen my uh, little French grandma uh, dot as she went by um, at customer service, checking in your movies or cashing your lottery tickets, maybe even cashing a check. Um, and she would always take me to bring your daughter to work day. And um, so that was always like really important for me. She'd give me her green smock and I'd stand on the step stool with her and I would help help people all day, uh, every day with her on um, once a year, I should say. Um, and that always like holds like a really special um, spot in my heart. And uh, I'm actually looking through pictures right now trying to um, find some pictures for um, the slideshow and I'm looking for that picture. I know it's around here. And uh, so it's it holds a special spot in my heart. Um, she's she's truly an amazing woman. I know that I've seen that photo many times. I know how important that photo is to Mame. I believe uh, one Christmas you gave her a, um, a picture frame yeah. with a bunch of photos on it. And that was her favorite one. She talked about that one mm -hmm. uh, so much. She she loved working at uh, Hannaford Shop and Save, whatever whatever yeah, that is. She was working at Shop and Save, and then it transferred over yeah. to Hannaford, and she was she was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. I remember she, that. I, she Old school. What I think is funny is um, when we were visiting MMA over the past year and having to explain to her there really is no service desk anymore. Yeah. She about lost oh, her nuggets, she, man. She did. So, what? Yeah. Like there's, there's no DVD, yeah. CD, VHS. You she think was, about it. You used to go to the local supermarket. I mean, kids listening, this is a this is a different world, right? Mm -hmm. You used to go to the supermarket and actually look at videos on the wall, like boxes of them, yeah. right? So VHS, DVDs. Before Blockbuster was it? Oh, thing. yeah, man. You could rent them from your local uh, supermarket. Hannaford. And you'd yeah. get the little stamps. It was yep. like a it was like a card, and you'd like stamp the card, and it would go in the envelope, like you're taking a library yeah. book out. Like Between that and, you know, like your lottery tickets and mm -hmm. all these other things that you got to do back in the day at the service desk, you think about it now, a lot of those things are replaced by conveyor belts and computers, and you do most of the work for yourself, and... God forbid you need somebody at the service desk. They're going to have to call somebody to come over, right? To actually mm -hmm. like, oh my God, you have a question? Let me get someone. <laughs> it's a total different world. So she was absolutely blown away by the fact that the the service desk 
uh, really is kind of a kind of a thing of the past. I mean, it's used for returns, but that's mm-hmm. it's you know it's not the same world that we live in. Yeah. And over the past couple of years, um, we've really had a great opportunity to spend time with Meme and make a lot of great memories. Mm-hmm. And I know she had her apartment, right? Like yep. the the first place when you and me first started dating. I remember going to that first family Thanksgiving that mm-hmm. was in the common room for Meme, right? Yep. That's where I got to meet so much of your family, obviously, for the, for the first time. And, um, you know, just getting to spend some time with Meme. And she instantly took me in and loved me from from day one, which was... She loves her key. Yeah, oh. truly, truly special. Um, so even since then, we would go to that uh, like a little apartment and spend some time with her, but it was harder to get to, right? There was... Mm-hmm. There was a locked door. Yeah, limited access, oh. key codes, special keys, all this stuff. We weren't really allowed to be there all that that often and was it maybe two years ago she was relocated um i know your aunt was really trying to get her into this place what's the name of the place Mm -hmm. that she's rock in saco i know before we get too crazy i i know how um thankful you've been for seal rock and the people that are there oh my god they have been absolutely truly amazing um from the moment that she got there when she was um very confused so meme was battling with um dementia and alzheimer's and um so she was very confused as to why she was taken from her home and transferred to this place. And from the moment she got there till the moment that she passed away today, um, they have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, she really has great has been given great care. Everybody there has been super compassionate. I know even over the past yeah. couple of days, seeing them, they've been they've been overly friendly. Mm-hmm. But so much of the staff took a real liking to her, and um, she had her little little tips and tricks and things she did with all of them. Like, yeah. you know, on the daily basis when someone would go in to take her, uh, what was it, her, her, her blood, blood pressure, sugar, blood sugar? Blood sugar. She would um, always, I would always tell her to give the person, the medical assistant, the finger, and she would flip them off. Um, so it's kind of funny because um, I don't, if you guys follow us, you know that my husband and I just got a um, middle finger tattoo. So, and it's a, I have a rosary and on it, on my middle finger, it says, bless your heart. So that will hold an even, even deeper um, meaning to me uh, and Meme because her, her faith is very important. So the rosary, and then also, um, you know, if I have to have my blood pressure, my blood sugar checked, I will give them the finger for now on. There is um, so many great stories that have happened since she's been there where she's been comfortable and able to, socialize with people and yeah. get out and you know they would take her bowling and get mm-hmm. her hair done and they'd have entertainment yeah. come in they had the dogs come in that she you know i know zach and danny got her a big thing of treats to give the dogs yep. and she had that nashville fanny pack on the side of the wheelchair she could put treats and remotes in and stuff but <laughs> uh she made a lot of friends there and that was that was great to see and it created an opportunity for us to go Whenever we wanted. Yeah. You didn't have to go through a locked door or anything like that. You just go in um, to the front desk, check your temperature, and then you go upstairs and you can um, hang out with her in her own room or you can hang out with her in the great room. And um, just the ability to go there kind of really whenever I wanted to without like having to reach out to someone like, hey, do you have the key? Can I go there? Is How is she doing? Um, and also having like the resource to know that, you know, if I couldn't make it there or if I was going there, I could have her maybe not get dinner if I was going to bring her a surprise right. or something of that nature. So everyone at Seal Rock, um, from the bottom of my heart, I, I thank you um, for taking care of her like she was your own. Absolutely. As you said, 
the times that you could bring her something. I know it was very common for you to tell them, you know, don't cook her dinner, don't feed her, and you would bring her something, pick her up something. My mom would cook her a dinner yeah. and bring it over. I know uh, she loved my mom's pork pies pork pie. and chop sueys. Miss and, Betty's pork, pork yeah, pie. Yeah, <laughs> so you would bring those things over. But also we were able to plan for bigger dinners. Yeah. I know we got to get together with Zach and Danielle, and, you know, we've had Thanksgiving and Christmas, Christmas weather, and yeah. things that – really haven't been an option for years. Those memories were able to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm so thankful for that, for selfishly for myself, but more so for you, because I was able to be a part of some of the bigger days, but you were a part of so many days. I know it's been a common routine for you to go over a couple times a week yep. uh, to see her and spend time with her. I always look forward to the updates. Many times you guys would FaceTime me if I was working, um, you know, and just... Just to just to check in, uh, the voicemails, the phone calls that I've gotten, her singing happy birthday. Yeah. All the special opportunities, but moments for you that you you were able to in the past, let's say two years, cram in ten years of memories because you spent more time with her over these past couple of years than you had in the previous eight. Yeah. So uh, extremely fortunate there. So I'm thankful for that, for for you and for the whole family, because she really started to um, live life a lot more over the past couple of years. So. I agree. I agree. And I think that has, has to go back to Seal Rock, you know, them um, having all the programs and everything that she could, um, she could join in on if she wanted to or not join in on. Um, and having those people there uh, because at the other apartment, um, she just had her own little apartment and they had things going on, but she never wanted to come out of her apartment. Um, so with all the opportunities that Seal Rock has to offer, the bowling, the um, the bingo, the whirlpool, um, the gatherings for all the holidays that they do, um, it really took her out of her shell and I saw her kind of... Um, just kind of light up again. And and that was really important to me, even on um, a hard day. You know, maybe she didn't come out of her room, but as soon as I would walk in, um, she would just light up. She was, she remembered me um, and she knew who I was. And, and if you've ever dealt with dementia or um, been a part of someone's journey with dementia, um, it's hard. It, you never know if you're going to go in there and re- if they're going to remember, uh, remember you, um, or, you know, sometimes it's a possibility they don't remember you and they're scared of you. Right. Um, dementia is, is very hard on not only the family, but also the patient as well. Um, so it's, it was always a question for me. Am I going to yeah. go in there? Is she going to remember me? And every single day, um, she remembered who I was, and I and I am super thankful for that, and I will forever be grateful um, that our bond over the last two years grew so much that she remembered me. And on Friday, um, we had a beautiful conversation, and this was before they changed her meds, and um, she told the medical assistant, this is my granddaughter, Allison. And the fact that just a couple of days before she passed on, she remembered who I was. And that to me is huge. Not only did she um, remember you, she was extremely proud of you. Yeah. She um, glowed about you to anybody that she saw. 
based off the time that you spent with her and the you know the relationship that that was forged or that was formed that was strengthened she remembered so many other people because it was really one of your duties just to continue to pull out photos and remind her of everybody absolutely so, i mean for me i've only been in her life for 10 years right and yeah. for a good portion of that i didn't really get to see her all the time so um over the past couple of years i've been able to see her but the fact that she remembered me every time it's really a testament to how much time you spent with her, reminding her of everybody that she has in her life. Yeah. You know, I mean, she remembers my mom when my mom comes in. So yeah, um, that's extremely rare to have happen. You know, so it just goes to show that you were doing great work in keeping her present and mindful mm-hmm. and giving her things to be grateful for and, and to think of. So yeah, you know, just another. Uh, special special thing that you guys were were able to share. <clears throat> if you're listening to the episode, you can kind of tell the direction of the episode, and you can um, you know understand that we're we're going to be bouncing around here a little bit because it's just emotions and stories as they happen, and 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 just being real and transparent about these things. And from from dealing with some the loss of someone and processing that uh, the struggles of dealing with dementia. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be had in this episode and we're going to be kind of all over the place here. But to go back to the dementia conversation, I know there were some difficult times for you where she would forget that her husband had passed, you know, yeah. and you had to navigate through some of those, some of those conversations of, you know, whether they've separated, he's cheating on me. I don't know yeah. why he's not here and having to deal with, with all those difficulties there of, you know, it. we're not professionals. What's the right way to handle that? You know? And I know in the beginning, you really tried to convince her every time of, of the reality. And then it gets to a point where it's like, that's more or less causing more harm than good. So it was more hurtful for her, for that to be, um, the outcome. Um, because all she wanted to do was at that point when she realized that that's the reality, she just wanted to join him and she wasn't sick. Um, so I just started um, getting to the point of um, when she would bring him up and say, you know, he hasn't come to visit me. Where is he? I, I would just say, I don't know. I haven't seen him. Yeah. And so then that would kind of just stop the conversation. Yeah, and we'd redirect go, it to something else. We'd go right? into a different, a, a different topic. Um, and uh, just, yeah, redirection. I remember um, the first time. That she had brought it up and you had to tell her that he had passed and how difficult that was for you and yeah. how heartbreaking it was for the both of you. And and you took that approach a few times and then realized this is too painful for both of us. And because a couple things happened, she either starts to want to join him, doesn't want to accept the reality of what's yeah. happened, you know, or it's almost like learning for the very first time all over again that, that you, you lost your that best you lost friend. Your, your best friend. Yeah. So because they were married for 65. Five years, I think, and I don't quote me on that, but I know when he was here, they did celebrate their fiftieth wedding anniversary, um, and I think maybe fifty-five, maybe sixty. I, I'm not a hundred percent positive on that, but they were together for a very, very long time. a lifetime. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and to relive that heartbreak, you know, it just became easier to uh, dismiss it. The story of him. Um, not showing up was a lot easier than the story of him him being gone. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those battles that you deal with with someone with dementia, which is 
also more heartwarming the fact that she did remember you every time and that you know she remembered stories about you and she was uh so proud to tell everybody about you at all times yeah. um she was welcoming to any of the guests that showed up and you know even if she forgot your name she knew who you were and she would pick that up very quickly so truly a blessing there that we never had to see her really struggle with that fear that people with dementia have where they don't know who you are. They start to feel threatened by you. Mm-hmm. The anger that comes from some of that. We experienced that with my brother. Yeah. I'm I'm counting a blessing here that we did not have to see her experience that, you know? Yeah. So one more blessing there that that that, that didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Through all the good times that you guys have had over the past couple of years, all the videos, uh, you know, the TikToks, all the things you guys have done mm-hmm. over the past few weeks, um, things took kind of a turn. I know that um, maybe over the past month, she, she got sick, right? She dealt with... Yeah, she um, aspirated and uh, got pneumonia, um, unfortunately. And that was probably about a month ago. Um, and so from over the last month, she's been paddling. Um, they had her on oxygen and they had her on fluids trying to keep her, um, upright, uh, so that, you know, she didn't aspirate again. Um, and it didn't get any worse. Um, but unfortunately it just, she wasn't strong enough, uh, over the last two months. Um, that's a short amount of time. If you think about it, uh, two short months, um, she had COVID, she had the flu and then lastly had, um, pneumonia. Unfortunately, she, during that time, didn't have a break in between. She didn't have the time to put her feet down, get strong, and kind of battle the pneumonia. Would there have been any time in between? Would you be having a different podcast today? Very possible. Uh, But unfortunately, um, it it was her time, and uh, she was not strong enough, Um, so... So yeah, you know, so pneumonia is what um, when when she really started to kind of take a take a turn health wise, there was um there was a lot of uh, alarm in your voice of like what's happening, and hearing them say we just want her to be comfortable, those words scared the shit out of yeah. me. So you started you started having about- those started having those conversations with us, and I started to to panic without wanting to bring it up, but you you. You just draw on your own experiences, you know, and you start yeah. thinking like this this isn't good. And then Friday I got a phone call from you and I knew then. Like I could hear in your voice and then with what you were saying, when you came home and began to tell me what the conversation that you guys had, I knew it was a matter of days, and that's when I knew that I need to make sure that I, I get to say goodbye as well. But you could hear it. I could hear it in your voice and then the conversation, which is extremely difficult for me to ask you about that conversation. It's okay. I'm I'm okay with it. There's a lot of peace from that conversation. So Yeah. If you wouldn't mind sharing some of your last conversation. Yeah. So um going back to um the the first phone call about the doctor saying that um he wanted he was keeping her comfortable um that drew a red flag for me immediately um you know you, when you hear we're going to keep her comfortable um those sort of things uh to me i i said to the doctor well not too comfortable not not too comfortable because i don't want that um I, and i said to him i'm not ready for that 
And he just kind of chuckled and, uh, and it was okay. Like she was, she was there. She was kind of coherent. Um, but it was at that moment that I was like, oh shit, like, oh shit, too, too comfortable too. we are getting too comfortable. Like she, um, I know they mentioned, um, morphine, right? Yeah. And that's that where happens, I got, that's to me, that's always a, um, you know, a transitional yeah. drug for, for, for people that are sick. Right. Yep. Um, and morphine is, I have never had any good experience when it comes to morphine. My grandfather was on morphine before he died. Like those are, um, you know, we're going to keep them comfortable. We're going to give them morphine. And and so I instantly started to panic. I said, well, not too comfortable, you know, just joking, because that's how Meme and I were. We were very, um, we didn't make light of the subject or we made light of the subject, no matter what the situation was. Right, with humor generally. Correct. Correct. Even if it was we were poking fun at ourselves, like that's what we did. And um, so that was Wednesday and she wasn't doing any better. And I said to you, I said, I have to go back on Friday. I have to, I have to go. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about how comfortable this doctor is, is going to make her. And um, to my surprise, I, I got there on Friday and um, there she was in bed. Um, and she, she looked, she looked good. She looked okay. Um, except for the fact uh, that every now and again, she would have this scowl on her face. And I would ask her, Mammy, are you okay? And she would say, oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'd ask her, are you in pain? Nope, I'm not in pain. Um, and so, um, you know, we would just have our normal conversations, work, that sort of thing, checking in on me, how's your husband, that sort of thing. Um, and she opened up the can of worms to tell me, she kept saying, at my age, she said it about four or five times, at my age, at my age, but wouldn't follow up with anything. And I said, Mame, at your age, what? We're about to celebrate your birthday. What do you mean at your age? What, what's going on? I'm holding her hand the entire time. And she said, at my age, we just give up. There's nothing left to fight for. The doctors give up. We give up. I said, no, that's not true. That's not true. You're you're gonna get strong. You're gonna celebrate your birthday. We're not we're not gonna talk about it. Um and then so we uh I changed the subject and started talking about something else and she brought up the bluebird. And I said, What about the bluebird? And she says, Keep me in your prayers. And I said, My may I always keep you in my prayers? Always especially with everything that's going on. Um, she said, keep me in your prayers and I'll be sure to come back to you as a bluebird. And we had talked about this before when she wasn't sick. There's one in particular, small bluebird around here, around Maine. It's a small bluebird and has a has an orange chest on it. That's her favorite bird, her favorite bird. And she, she said that she was going to come visit me as a bluebird. 
And I'll be fucking damned. That bird came to visit me as I was on my way home after I found out that she had passed away. <laughs> Damn bluebird. There it was. Um, I told her that it's okay if it's it's okay if if she's ready and she told me that she was at peace and that she was ready she was ready to join my pepe and that she couldn't fight anymore those words broke my heart and at that moment right there I died inside. But not once, not once did I let her see me cry. Because it's not fair to her. It was her time to go. And she was ready. So it's selfish for me to let her see me in pain. So with that being said, I turned my head and I looked out the window and she closed her eyes and held my hand all so tight. I am at peace knowing that today at one eleven she passed away and she was okay. She was ready. She was not suffering. Her mind was right. She was ready to join her husband. When I received that phone call from you and that message and the more time we spent on that conversation, to me at that moment I knew in my heart it was a matter of days. And I knew that I needed to to be there. And I was able to go and visit her on Saturday. I was able to return yesterday. And uh, my mother accompanied us. We met your brother, Zach, and his girl, Danielle. Pregnant as can be. <laughs> sharing um, that extended family, right? Yeah. And um, just allowing her to see that that family tree has continued to branch out. And to uh, try to say goodbye. It's funny, I think that of your entire family, I think Meme loved me the most. 100%. There was no argument. There was no disagreement. There was no situation where she took your side over mine. Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. And she would always tell me that if I didn't treat you right, she was next in line. Oh, yeah. uh, She would, God forbid, something happens, you would... You were already off the market. Every every single time anything would come up, she would take my side. And also, it was one of those things where it was like, you, you better take care of him. You better not ever let him leave you. Like, she would be... Mm-hmm. She would oh, be, she would be very honest about it. She's like, hmm, you got yourself a good one. You better not let him go. I, I still remember it was a conversation much like that. And you had said, like, well, I think he got pretty lucky, too. And she was like, no, no, no. You got lucky. She yeah. like she shot she me down. She shot me down. Shot you right down. Yeah, no, she shot me right down. She's like, Mm-mm, no, ma'am. So for whatever reason, she um she she took a liking to me. It was important for for uh, me to be there. I wish I was there for the opportunity to have a conversation. Yeah. 
you know, there comes a time when I think someone's transitioning, and as we already mentioned, when the doctors are making them comfortable, which they need to, you know? Absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's so difficult for them in that time. And I think the scariest thing for them is um, like struggling for air. As your body has yeah. a hard time to uh, to breathe, they feel yeah. like they're suffocating. And you know, they they did a great job explaining that to us. Yeah. That with with morphine, it actually controls a part of the brain that 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 senses or triggers your fear of not having oxygen. Your your fear of of not being able to catch your breath, that, that morphine actually will apply to those senses. So you're not struggling for air, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of allows you to be comfortable enough to, to, to do to make the transition. But yep. it's tough because you want to have those conversations. I remember when uh, my brother passed, before they increased the morphine, I got a phone call at work that said, if you want to have a last conversation with him, you you've probably got an hour to get here. Yeah. So, I knew that that was taking place. It's always been my experience with these situations. But above and beyond that, it was still important just just to be there and, and to know that they that they hear you. And that's a difficult a difficult decision for for everyone, right? I mean, if we remove ourselves from the situation and make this podcast about about everyone, and you think. That's a real difficult decision for someone. Mm-hmm. Do I want to go see my loved one in this state, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a difficult decision, you mm-hmm. know, um, where you have to decide, do I want to hold on to the memory of them being healthy or do I want to always have the memory of how they appeared in their last days? Right. And then you battle the sense of, but do I want to have the ability to say goodbye? Yep. Did they earn my respect? Did they earn me having to deal with that difficulty? Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've always felt that given the opportunity, if I'm allowed to say goodbye, I will say goodbye because if you've made an impact on me, then it's just one weight that I should bear for you if my last visual of you, my last memory of you is one of your last days. It should be my duty to, to carry that weight yeah, and to find a way to remember the positives, but pay you your respects. Yeah. But I understand for other people that that's not the case. Like I, I understand it. it is a very difficult thing. And in many situations, a thing that you can't get out of your head. Mm-hmm. You know, I know when my grandfather passed, the last maybe day or so, there's a sound that he made when he was fighting for oxygen. Yeah. A gurgling that'll never go away. And when I heard your meme start to do that, I was thankful that they were able to make her comfortable, that she didn't have to suffer that way. But for the people that are listening, that you've ever had to face that decision, or in the future you know you're going to face that decision, I don't fault you either way. For whatever it is that you decide... If I could give you any insight, I would say if they've earned your respect, if they've earned your love, then love them enough to pay your last respect. Mm-hmm. Now, if I try to draw a connection and find some similarities between 
my grandparents and yours, I was not fortunate enough to meet your Pepe, but I've heard from you his struggle and his way transitioning when, when he when he left this earth that he did not want to go. He wasn't ready to go. And I feel like that's m- why my grandfather struggled so much was I don't think he was ready to go either for one common reason in both of them. When we talk about people that have been married for 60 plus years, there's one person, right? There's one person that they love that's their best friend, that's that's their soulmate, that's the only thing that they know, and they don't want to leave that person behind. So I think that both of our grandfathers struggled to move on because they did not want to leave Doris behind. And I say that with common ground because both of our grandmas are actually named Doris, as ironic as that is. Mm-hmm. So our grandfathers did not want to leave Doris behind, so they fought until the very end. In turn, Doris, in both of our lives, was eager to move on. Yeah. Ready to move on. There's a couple things there, and I think this is where we start to draw some strength. And we think about on Friday, that conversation that you had with her being at peace and her you know, living her life and, and, and that she was she was ready to go and she was ready to ready to see Ray, that there's a couple things that we can we can draw on. Number one, she was ready. Yep, for sure. Number two, when I think about your MMA and my Nana moving on, they were so convinced on where they were going. Yep. That none of this mattered. Right. It's way more difficult on the rest of us, mm-hmm. right? Both of those women are so steadfast and determined in their fate yep. that this is all this is all just paperwork, man. Yep. Like this is all just paperwork. I know where I'm going. I've served my time. I've been faithful. I've been loyal. I've done everything the right way. Mm-hmm. She was so convinced in her faith that this was a good thing for her, right? Like mm-hmm. that's where you draw the peace was because she is so at peace and so willing to go. And I know you said earlier that she wasn't strong enough to make it through based off of how sick she was. And I will say that she was stronger than we think because she was strong enough to get to where she wanted to go. Yeah. And she did not want to fight anymore. Because she knew that her, her battle it was done. It has yeah. been won. There's something so powerful about being around people that are so convinced in their faith that they're not afraid to die. They're not afraid of any of the consequences because they are convinced on their direction. Yeah. I don't feel like that's as common in this day and age. Mm-mm. Not and I at think, all. You know, you think about our grandparents and how they grew up and and how they were raised and all the time they spent in the church. There, it's been ingrained in them that this is just the way it's supposed to go. And I've been I've been faithful and I've done this and this is this is why. And I prayed my ass off for my husband to get there because he might have strayed from the pack a little bit, <laughs> but I didn't. I'm convinced as to where I'm going, and it's uh, it's 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 powerful to see, and. I just, I knew for you, I've been continuing to try to echo this, that she's at peace, she's happy, she's where she wants to be. 100%.
Absolutely. She wanted nothing more than to be in the arms of her husband once again. And uh, she had done her job here. She had touched so many lives and she had formed the memories and held everyone so close and loved everyone so unconditionally that her job here was done. And uh, I truly, I truly believe that she came here on earth to touch so many lives, and that's exactly what she did. And she lived a beautiful, long life. On June 25th, in just a few weeks, she would have been 87 years old, just 10 days after my birthday. On our anniversary. On our anniversary, which is also your grandparents' Yeah. anniversary. It's kind of ironic. Yeah, we decided to get married on my grandparents' anniversary and on your meme's birthday. Yep. To, uh, we figured if you could meet two couples that spent 60 years in love and in marriage, I'm going to rub all the good luck on me I can possibly <laughs> get. So, you know, we got as close to that as we as we could. And, and if uh, I can think of one thing in particular from both of both couples, um, one thing that my meme always used to tell me when I would ask her, what is the what is the secret is she would say to take care of him. And to love him unconditionally. And I used to tell her that he is my best friend. You are my best friend. And she said that she once had that. And then your grandma used to tell me that no matter what I have to say, to never say it to you. There's a mirror for a reason. And be sure to yell at that mirror and tell that mirror what you have to say. And for that, I think... Great advice from both aspects. Yeah, I think um, maybe you should lay off of me a little bit. (laughs) Listen, what I say in my car or in that mirror when you're not on the phone is none of your damn business, okay? None of your damn business. I just think that um, it's extremely powerful to be in the presence of people that are so convicted in their faith. Because if there's one thing that scares me in life, it's dying. For sure. 100%. I'm not ready for that shit. I'm definitely not. And and you say that she came here with a mission to touch lives, to impact people. And I feel like we all come into this world with that mission. Sure. Too many of us don't take the mission serious. Mm -hmm. Too many of us derail the mission, right? But... For those of us that choose to put a positive impact on people, to to try to brighten people's days, to extend things in positive ways, for people that do that, life is extremely fulfilling. And for Meme, it was very fulfilling. And for 87 years, she's been fulfilling her duties, right? She's been mm-hmm. here uh, living her life's purpose. And you really can't ask for anything better than that. Nope. You can only hope for that. And... I'm fearful of not achieving that, right? Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. of having uh, your your card called sooner than than you want. Yeah. So it's encouraging to be around people that aren't afraid of that, right? And she certainly was not afraid one bit. Not one bit at all. Now, as we're on the subject of faith, I know it was important to you to make sure that uh, Meme had a rosary in the room. One hundred percent. And um, 
I was surprised when you came to me looking for certain certain rosaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I knew that you had um, some rosaries from your grandma um, from when she had um, she had so many rosaries. And uh, I knew that there were two in in your glove box of your truck. And I asked if it was okay if we could if we could bring one to her. And you went right out into your truck and grabbed one for her. Um, and we brought it with us on Sunday. And I know it was important for you um, that, like, like your your thing to me was, you know, I'm not sure how we go about this, but I, I, I want to uh, pray for her. I want this mm-hmm. to happen. And uh, while we were there for our last visit, we were fortunate enough to um, be there for, for two prayers. First off, her local church that, that she, uh, you know, grew up going to, um, the reverend from there came over and Father gave Neto. a, yeah, Father Neto, he yeah. gave a amazing prayer and, 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 uh, in speech to everybody. And, uh, then Seal Rock themselves, um, yeah. sent somebody in mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and it was, it was powerful to be there for that. And there was one thing that, whatever that's happening, it's a, it's, it's powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And it's emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much things run through your heart and mind. You know, the, the real sense of things being final yeah. happens, right? And the fact that both of them came in back to back and were rushing to be there, you knew that, you know, there was a concern for them to make sure that they made it. Which also put a red flag up, just like we were talking about the other day or with the couple of days ago where the doctor said we're going to keep her comfortable. Um, one of the priests said, we rushed right over here, Yeah. which a previous conversation that day, I was told hospice gave her a week. Um, and then I was told that same day they gave her a couple of days based on a really bad night that she had the night before. Um so for the for the father to come in and say I rushed right over here, that alone just just hit me. I, I got this really upset stomach. I so much of it just just hit me the wrong way. But at the same time, when Father Neto was was praying over Meme and was blessing her and. <clears throat> telling her that it was okay and that her job was done here. I couldn't help but hold the tears back. Yeah. Because I had the conversation with you that I didn't know how to do that for her, right. but I wanted to do that for her because her faith means so much to her. She has this beautiful bra- rosary bracelet on and um and she wore that every single day. Every single day. And any chance that she could go to church at Seal Rock, because they offered that, she would be there. She would be dressed dressed to the nine, and she would be ready to go, because that her faith means so much to her. So to be able to be a part of that final prayer for her meant so much to me. It just took me back to the Sundays that we would go to church together and then we would go over to uh, all day breakfast right after every Sunday. 
Those were, or if we didn't go to holiday breakfast, we went back to Meme's house and she made crepes. Or the dry dock, right? Or the dry, oh, oh, dry dock. You're right, you're right. But those were like the three, those were, you know, we would switch it up every now and again, but but Meme would would make her crepes and they were Mm. very, very thin pancakes. Very, very thin pancakes. (laughs) Before, I want to touch on the... The what happened in that room and what was said, but I also want to just interject on something real quick because you said your ritual of going out to to breakfast and it brings back a small town atmosphere and scenario that happens that doesn't happen everywhere. Mm -mm. And it's mind blowing to me that your grandparents used to go to all day breakfast and their favorite waiter is one of my best friends in the world, Jeff Foreign. Who provides From the Gut Truckers. The Gut Truckers, who provides the soundtrack for the podcast. Yep. Jeff was their waiter. Yep. They would always wait for him. They would the, wait for him. Yep. They would. They didn't care if it was 10 minutes, a half an hour. If they knew that they could sit in Jeff's section, they would wait. So I know when you started posting things about Meme, Jeff was one of the first to reach out. And then he yep. reached out to me as well to check on her and, and you. Yep. And it just shows that small town world and, and the fact that, like, as you said, Meme was here to touch so many people. And the fact that that's one more connection and one more layer to us is yeah. is, uh, is is crazy to me. But I want to go back to what was said in that room and the fact that it's powerful, it's emotional, it brings a final feeling to things, but it also brings a positive feeling to things as you learn that she's not alone, right? And you and you hear all these things in these positive words. There's something that is so emotional but so peaceful in, in, in hearing that. Yep. And uh, the second gentleman that came in, I don't, I don't remember his name. I didn't catch his name, actually. But uh, when, he was, when he was chatting, just he went over to Meme and was praying and then he was having conversations and he was going around the room asking... You know who was who, and um, you know when you were saying that this is this is her grandson. I'm her granddaughter, and um, right there, when he looked at you, do you know what he said? I, I don't. He said one thing that uh, stuck out to me and broke me. Without question, before you could finish speaking, he looked at you and he said, you're her legacy. And he talked about how many lives she's touched. But he looked at you and said, you're her legacy. And she's going to live on in you. And that memory's going to and that connection and that bond is always going to be there. And it's always going to carry on. And uh, man, when I heard that, it just it just kind of broke me because it was absolutely real, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, something had to be here for him to choose those words and to be so convicted in what he said. And uh, all of this and all that's happened has really formed some things in, in me. And I want to ask that of you because religion isn't for everybody, right? Right, And that's okay. And this podcast, this episode, I'm not here 
beating a Bible and encouraging everybody to start reading. I'm not here to, you know, say you must believe in Jesus. I'm not, that's not what I'm here to do. But I am here to say that there's times in life where you need something. You need something, someone, some notion to hold on to. Mm -hmm. I've been on this uh, journey to find my faith over the past few years. Over the past weekend, there's been times where, like you've seen me straight up break down and start bawling over a song. Yep. You know, I'm a big Jelly Roll fan, and uh, I've been sharing with you this week some stories from, from Jelly Roll and some songs that have just that have just broke me, and we watched his documentary uh, with the lights off. <laughs> we both sat here and cried the entire time. We bawled our eyes out, and um, that's a subject for another day, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up, but it's one of those things where I'm not here to tell everybody, you know, what to believe and how to believe, and... I'm not here to educate anybody that does believe on the proper way to believe because that's not me and I don't really necessarily know what that is. But I want to say to you that over the past week, I've really seen you cling to a faith and I've seen you embrace certain things and I've seen you be encouraged by Meme's faith and the fact that she's not afraid and that she's comfortable, and that she was eager and excited. And I just want to know if this past experience with Meme really has you curious about your faith and exploring different things in your mind. I'm definitely open to it. Just like you don't know how to, where to start, I have never known where to start myself. Unfortunately, um, I was just kind of tagged along to church, you know, um, and then just had the opportunity recently to, to share memories and moments and stuff with memory, with meme, um, that have really just opened up, uh, opened up my heart. Um, You may have not, I mean, you definitely don't know this, but since, uh, well, all day Monday and all day today at work, I have been listening to um, worship music at my work on my computer, just listening to what they have to say and just really feeling what they have to say, like, in my soul. Um, and I feel like it brings me pretty close, pretty close to Meme. Um, I have a, a really beautiful connection with Meme. We're more on a spiritual side. Um, and our bond is, is so unbreakable that when we went to go say our goodbyes on Monday, yesterday, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that her soul was not there in that room. Her body was. I truly believe that she was searching. She was searching for her way home, but she wasn't ready yet. There was a few last thing, last minute things that she had to do here because she was so at peace, not a scowl on her face when she was laying in that room. That's, 
That's true. I mean, she was she was definitely at peace, and and uh, you know, I think she wanted to have some last minute conversations with some people and to see some see some people. Like it was important to you know be able to see and be around family. So I was thankful for everybody that got to spend that time, yeah. um, okay. you know, and to make a last memory and to, and to share their love. You know, I know that Aunt Lisa was able to go. I'm so thankful for that. Absolutely. I know her daughter's never left her side, taking rotations, sleeping yeah. there. Um, so many people poured in there to to see her. And, and I'm thankful for that, that she was able to know how, how loved that she was. Yeah, I'm thankful that the doctor had the ability to keep her comfortable enough for those people to make those rotations. And um, I remember Father Neto came in and at the end of it, he he mentioned that it takes three muscles to listen. Yeah. And he said, it takes so many more for you to speak. So he heard, he mentioned to us that she heard the entire prayer and she heard everything that he had to say. And I believe that. I do believe that. And I think that that alone helped her make her decision today. I think it was fitting. It was great that he'd point that pointed that out to let us know, like she's in here. She right. she hears you. So that people that wanted to say goodbye, that were there to tell that her that uh, you know that they loved her and, and to thank her, she was hearing all that and she yeah. was fueling up on gratitude for the journey, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 counting those blessings and getting getting ready for the for the journey. So yeah, so grateful for for her that she had the opportunity to be. Um, visited by so many people that she's cared about, that she loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful that you had the opportunity over these past couple of years. I'm thankful that we all had the opportunity. And, you know, even on her way out the door, we were learning lessons because yeah. I was learning lessons about what it means to not be afraid of things, to be so confident in yourself and your faith that that you don't have fear and in the world that we live in, with all the shit around us, all the things to be fearful for, all the threats that are around us, the craziness in this world, to see somebody at peace, that's confident, that's unafraid, is an inspiration to search for those things for for myself. And, and I hope it is for, for everybody else. She taught me how strong I truly am. I've been through some shit. I have been through the ringer. Uh, in the words of Lainey Wilson, I've been to hell and back. Right. And the strength that I poured poured out to be sure that she knew how strong I was, I didn't know I had it in me. I didn't. I. I mean, I know I'm a pretty strong person for all the things that I've overcome. But this last couple of days has really put me in. And the fact that I'm okay with it, I'm hurt, but I'm okay. Of course. I'm comfortable as she was. I'm at peace like she was. I think, um, I don't know where I learned the lesson or where it was shared to me all along the way, but 
one thing that I said to you that is the only thing I could cling on to when, um, like when my grandmother moved on was that when someone is so convinced it's their time, when someone is so at peace with moving on, they've lived a full life, a complete life. When someone is that ready and excited to move on, it's selfish for us to feel bad about it, Mm -hmm. right? When they're so steadfast, determined, and committed to what is happening and beyond okay with it, it's selfish for us to hold them here any longer. It's selfish for us to... uh, feel bad for them because they're not they're they're celebrating right now and they celebrated this whole journey so as hard as that is to think about it gives me strength moving on to say no no i'm not here to um feel bad about this because that would be selfish because two people two connected souls best friends dedicated loyal relationship back together again She's with her sister. She's with her parents. She's reunited, reconnected. It's selfish of us to feel bad about what has happened. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way in those situations that I can gather the strength to move on and to not feel sorry for myself. It's okay. It's okay to mourn. I'm not saying to anybody that you don't mourn, that you can't mourn, but you got to have a moment of clarity where you say, I'm being selfish right now because yep. this is exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like I try to put myself in uh, in their shoes and to be like, if Meme was up at heaven looking down at you right now saying, why why are you still crying? So those are the things that I, I kind of cling on to in those, in those moments. You know, when we started this show today or when we planned on having this show today, this isn't necessarily the direction for today, right? We we're going to talk about some memories and, and some struggles that you know you face with someone with dementia, or when someone's you know facing the end and having those conversations. That all changed today when you got a phone call at one eleven this afternoon. Yep, I was at work. Um, my aunt Charlene called me, and I saw her number come up. And I knew it wasn't to tell me. But she was fine. She was going to be great. Um, I have such a spiritual connection with my meme. That I knew she was gone. I knew that before I had even answered the phone. Because I had texted you just after lunch. And this was probably 20 minutes before I got the phone call that I had a pounding headache and I felt like I was going to throw up. I knew. I knew right then and there that it was happening. I got a picture from you um, laying down, looking like you, you know, were feeling like absolute hell. And then right after I got that phone call, you know. Yep. And then on your way home today. A bluebird comes out. Right in front of me on my road. I was almost home. And there she was. To let me know that she was safe. She was free. Before I even turned on my car, I texted my aunt after she we had hung up the phone and she had told me that Meme had taken her last breath. 
I looked at the clock and it was 111. <clears throat> That's an angel number. And if you look it up, it means to be one with the universe. That alone meant to me that she was safe. She had gotten where she wanted to be. I texted my aunt and I said, please do me one favor. This is going to sound silly, but please, for the love of God, open that window and let her soul free. She responded to me with, I've already beat you to it. And that, to me, means so much. Because that's all she wanted. She just wanted to be free. Free of her pain. Free of all the worries here. Free of anything that she was going to leave behind. She wanted to spread her wings and be with her husband. But I knew. I knew at 1.11 today when that phone came up and it said my aunt's name. I knew it was I knew it was it. I didn't even need to answer the phone. Yeah. As soon as you uh called and I heard your voice, I knew that that was um what had happened. As difficult as it is, you're also thankful. Very thankful. You did not want to see her fight any any longer. Nope. You know, you don't want to see her suffer. She was eager to go, she was ready to go. And this this was the plan all along, right? This was her plan. This was her plan for sure. You know, today's been an extremely uh, emotional conversation. If anybody listening could take for a moment and put it in perspective that just a few hours ago you received this phone call, yeah. here you are now with a microphone in your face sharing your raw, real-time response, your emotions to what's happening. I think that there's a lot of compassion out there listening today. There's a lot of people that probably cried today. A lot of people that are that feel for you, that hurt for you. They probably drew a connection to their own experiences. There's also a lot of people that learned about Doris Robita today. There's a lot of great things that came from today. Mm-hmm. Much like the past few years, all the great memories that have happened, all the lessons that she has taught you. Uh, I can think of so many things, even think about how much closer you are to your aunts over yeah. the, because of this past couple of years, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. The connections uh, with family, the opportunity for us to spend time with uh, Zach and, and Danny with her, like my the connection um, my parents have with her. You know, I just, I think yeah. about all those things. And I, I really want to end today thinking about some some positive memories. And and for me, I think about the first time we, as a family, when I say like my parents, we invited your family over. I remember having a, a barbecue and yep. a bonfire on the lawn. And I remember Meme coming across the lawn <laughs> and hanging out by the fire and how much fun she had, how much she enjoyed herself. Your and for- dad took to her like wh- white on rice. Oh, he loved Meme. And they, they've always oh. been connected. Um, the way she, the way both of our families welcomed each other, the way that she welcomed them uh, and, and the way that they welcomed her was just heartwarming for me. And I'll always think about that day on the lawn and I'll always think about 
you and her on our wedding day. On her birthday, our wedding day, her glowing, how happy she was. It's one of my favorite pictures. I remember her. She just looks like an angel in her white suit. Her sitting there holding court, everybody going over to see her and her yeah. just, <laughs> in her glory. And, yep. You know, those are the things that uh, that I'm going to think about today. But I just wanted to tell you that I'm proud of you for the strength you have and how you've handled all this. The strength you've shown in recording this and sharing your message. I know how difficult it is to share that story. It's been difficult for me to be on this side of the table, so I know what it's like for you, or I can imagine what it's like. But I want you to know that there's a great deal of positive that came from you sharing this today, because there's other people out there all across this country struggling with things, and knowing that you had the strength to share those things might inspire them to do the same, for them to share things, to get things off their chest, to look at life in a different way because you have every reason to hide yourself today you have every reason to feel sorry for yourself today you have every reason to just lock yourself up and not live today and you chose to do the complete opposite and that's to share your story and I know in doing so will help others and it honors the memory of your meme and it strengthens the legacy of both of you So I love you, and I'm proud of you. I love you, too. And if I can share anything or help anyone today, that's my goal, because that's what Meme would have done. She would have shared her moments and and hoped that someone could grow from it. So if I can leave you with any word of advice, it's hold your loved ones close, because tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And if you get called to a barbecue to go color with your grandma please please just go do it just go do it because i would love to just call her with my meme and bring her a slushy just one more time but unfortunately that's not gonna happen so from here on out anytime i do something that her and i would have done together it'll be for her And my goal from here on out is to fill her shoes and carry our legacy on. Because according to the pastor, that's what I am, is Darubita's legacy. And I have some pretty big shoes to fill. Even though she was tiny. She was a little, her little white Crocs. Oh, yeah. She loved those (laughs) darn things. She's called Dot for a reason. That's right. Well, I want to say thank you for, for today and for sharing your story. And to everybody else out there listening, I want to say thank you for sticking along with us. And, and I hope you got something powerful from today because it certainly was for us. And I want to say thank you for supporting Dot Robita's American Dream. Now go wash your fucking hands. Get filthy savage. That's it and that's all, Biggie Smiles. If you found value in today's show, please return the favor and leave a positive review. Share it with someone that is important to you. Hit subscribe and help us grow our tribe.
Are you interested in sponsoring the show? Maybe you're looking to be a guest on the show. Find all that you need to know about the show at sharethestrugglepodcast.com. Subscribe to Grow Our Tribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and all other major platforms. And don't forget to like and share our official Facebook page at Share the Struggle Podcast. If you're a loud, proud American and you find yourself just wanting more, you can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, or the face page, as my mama calls it. Just search Loud Proud American. If you're a fan of the Graham Cracker, the Instagram, or the Tickety Talk, where the kids be a Tickety Talking, the TikTok, you can search Loud underscore Proud underscore American. If you want to join the 2% of Americans that support American manufacturing, head on over to www.loudproudamerican.shop and get your hands on some of that Made in USA apparel and join the mission. Mission 2%. Together, we can bring back American manufacturing. Big old thank you to the boys from the Gut Truckers for the background beats and the theme song to Share the Struggle podcast. You can find the Gut Truckers on Facebook. Just search Gut Truckers and show your support to those mother truckers. truly thank you for supporting my American dream. Now go wash your fucking hands, you filthy savage.